0: Welcome to the Victory World Outreach Podcast. We pray this message brings encouragement and inspiration to your life. Forgiveness is like a country church bell, that when you ring it and you get a little bit of momentum, you don't got to do a whole lot to keep that bell ringing, but she related it to forgiveness, and she said, as long as you keep pulling, the bell keeps ringing, Forgiveness is letting go of the rope. It is just that simple. But when you do so, the bell keeps ringing. The momentum is still at work. However, she says, if you keep your hands off of the rope, the bell will begin to slow and will eventually stop. I want to minister for just a couple of minutes on forgiveness. There's a lot to be said. This is a this is a subject that is not you're not just gonna, you're not going to just cover forgiveness in uh, 15 20 minutes. There's so much to forgiveness, but Jesus does give some simple solutions and I want to give you hope that you can break through and that uh, violation, that, that thing that was, was done against you or that, that break in relationship can be healed and it begins with us. We're waiting many times on the other person to do what they need to do because we, in our hearts, feel that we are owed an apology and we're not going to forgive until we get it, until that other person does what they need to do or we want them to just pay We're people of revenge. Many many people are. And forgiveness is a choice. It's a choice. In Hebrews chapter 12, I want to give you several scriptures here tonight, and then then we'll pray in just a moment. But in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15, he says, Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you corrupting many there the, he talks about unforgiveness and and this bitterness like it, he says it's a root and it's poisonous and it doesn't just affect you but it affects other people that are around you some people they hold they are good at holding grudges and that goes for marriages this is, I might as well get started on, on the, the relationship series tonight because people are good at holding grudges. They'll give the silent treatment, and they'll let it go on for days and weeks sometimes like you're doing right now. <laughs> they, they give the silent treatment. Bitter. Upset. Upset. And then they begin to talk about things, and they'll talk about their problems with two or three other people, or they, they begin to share those things online, and, and they spew words because they're upset about something or somebody, and because that, that rift is there. Paul writes in two Second Corinthians 2 and verse 10, he says, Now, whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ. Think about that for a moment. I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ. Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. I get a couple of things out of that. One, that when we forgive, it is to somebody else's benefit as well, not just ours and he says that we're not ignorant of his devices that this spirit of unforgiveness this is a tool of the devil it is a strategy to take advantage of our lives and if we allow that to continue in our lives if, we, if it's left undealt with we are ignorant it is a tool it is a strategy of the devil to keep us from from being at peace and how many people because of unforgiveness are not in peace in their life. The other person has gone on and they're doing their thing whatever that thing might be but because we have held on to that thing and not released it and it's and we it, we've taken it as our own we're in turmoil. We're upset. Many times that other that other person they've gone on their way. Forgiveness has to do with us. And he says in Ephesians 4 and 32, he says, instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted." Then he says, forgiving one another. He's not just giving this as, as a suggestion. This isn't just, it, it would be good for you to do. No, he's saying, Here, here's a command. Here, here's something that you need to really take to heart: be kind to each other. I mean, every time you come to church, you have an opportunity to forgive somebody, because many times it's people that are closest to you that are that are doing the, the violation or the they, people say dumb things, don't they? People see, say things they shouldn't say. I've been there and I've done that. But he says, be tender-hearted. You know what the opposite of tender-hearted is? What? Hard-hearted. Oh, there's a lot of hard-hearted people. They they look good. They look soft on the outside because they lift their hands and they say the right things. But sometimes church people can be the worst. They can be some of the most unforgiving people. He says, be tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Uh-oh. Just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. To be tender-hearted, the opposite of hard-hearted. That's how you can you can uh, do things. People will say, "Well, that's superhuman." I don't even know if I can do that. That's like that's too much. In our flesh, it is too much for our carnal side of us. That it is too much because the carnal side wants revenge. But when you think about the 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 personification of, of Jesus Christ and, and being an example like Christ you, you don't have to look too far take a look at some of these people like I, I mentioned Jim Elliot not long ago and his wife and those four men and they, they went and they, they flew into Ecuador to minister to a group of Indians that had yet to receive the gospel or hear the gospel and they had they'd made all the preparations all the groundwork they dropped things. They felt this, that it was favorable for them to land their little plane and be able to minister to these people. And they weren't there very long. And those, those native tribal people, through spears, they killed them right there on the shores on that on that where that river is you can read about it in the book through gates of splendor if you want to read a good book there's a book called becoming elizabeth elliot it's a fantastic book you you won't regret reading it becoming elizabeth elliot it's a it's worth buying for yourself And you'll read all about the testimony of how she and her husband and and their friends went into this area. And then afterwards she went back with her daughter to live among these people and they gave their lives to the Lord. it's, It's an unbelievable story. How, how can somebody do that? Forgiveness that's how that's how it happens and it can conquer in our lives the greatest adversities this one of the things that's holding so many people back is this un, this this thing of unforgiveness it's holding them back in ministry it's holding them back in their marriage they can they can't get ahead because there's a there's a, a, a disagreement even in the home there's no agreement you know agreement and unity in the home is a very powerful thing there's a blessing that's that's there there's, it's, there's something supernatural about it. And when we hold on to things, well, all we're doing is allowing the devil to use this device in our lives. It's not a feeling. We say, well, I don't, I don't feel like, you know what? Our feelings don't want to do anything. It's more than a feeling. This is a command. This is honoring God and obeying God. And if you look at it from the, from the, the eyes of Scripture, what did Jesus do? He, he released us. He, he, he sets us free from the penalty of sin. He offers us forgiveness. He, he, he provides for it. He did it once and for all. He died on the cross once for all sinners. The next person that comes to the altar, Jesus does not have to go back to the cross. He already did it. You he, he, he say, what does that mean? It means that everybody can, ha- can be pardoned. Now you can choose to reject that pardon. I found an interesting story. In 1929, two men, George Wilson and James Porter, robbed a United States mail carrier. Both of these men were captured and tried in court. In May of 1830, both men were found guilty of six charges, including robbery of the mail and putting the life of the driver in jeopardy. Both of them received their sentences, believe it or not, at this time, execution by hanging to be carried out on July 2nd. Porter was executed on schedule, but Wilson was not. Influential friends pleaded for mercy to the President of the United States, Andrew Jackson, on his behalf. President Jackson issued a formal pardon, dropping all charges. Wilson would only have to serve a prison term of 20 years for his crimes. Incredibly, he refused the pardon. An official report stated he chose to waive and decline any advantage of protection or protection which might be supposed to arise from the pardon. The case went to the Supreme Court where they found the court cannot give the prisoner the benefit of the pardon unless he claims the benefit of it. You know, it's on us to accept the pardon. And you know, your biggest challenge—you may say, "Well, I don't have any trouble. I don't have any problem with pornography. I, don't, I can drive past a liquor store. I don't. I'm not. I'm not tempted to do any of these these other things." But your biggest challenge might be in this area of unforgiveness or strife. Jesus said, "Offenses must come." you're going to have some offenses you will be offended right and and i mentioned it before that that if anybody has a right to be offended jesus he, he he was offended and i and i said it before even jesus still comes even though he's offended right so don't don't get mad because somebody offends you and and says something that you know that they they didn't even possibly even consider and think about when they when they said it. People say lots of dumb things, and even if they meant it, put it before the Lord. God knows how to deal with people. There's a way to handle it, but you know sometimes people will come to church and and they they. once it's on one side of the church oh you go to the 11 well I'm going to the 9 and this one well I I can't be I can't be with this person I can't be in this small group I can't do X Y or Z but, but listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 18 and 7 woe to the world because of offenses for offenses must come but woe to that man by whom the offense comes Yes, there will be offenses, but woe to that man by whom the offense comes. In other words, God sees it. God knows what they said. God knows how to deal with people. He says in Matthew 18, 18, jump down a few verses, assuredly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. You can bind that spirit on earth. He's talking about forgiveness. As we move down through this chapter, he's talking about forgiveness. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven if you loose forgiveness here on earth you loose it in heaven towards other people and towards your own life then you jump down to verses 21 listen to what he says in Matthew eighteen twenty one. then Peter came to him and said Lord how often should my brother sin against me and I forgive him up to seven times? Because, you know, we, we, if we do it once or twice, we're feeling pretty good, right? If somebody does something to you seven times, at, after about the sixth time, you'd be like, yeah, that's it, buddy. I'm done with you, right? How often should we forgive? Up to seven times? Jesus said, I don't say to you seven times, but up to 70 times. Oh, 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he began to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. That doesn't sound like a lot to some people. But when I looked it up, and now it, you, you can find all kinds of things on Google. All right. And there's 100 people saying 100 different things. So you, you just have to take this for what it's worth. All right. One person said, today one talent would be worth 348,000. Now realize that 10,000 talents is 200,000 years of labor. It is 60, 60 million working days. In modern money, it is 3.48 billion. This is what one, one Googleite or whatever you call those websites, somebody said. Another one said this, based on footnotes from the New Living Translation Bible, which I tend to lean more on this one, 10,000 talents is roughly 375 tons of silver. Silver today is about $20 a troy ounce, according to when this was written, with about 29,000 troy ounces in a ton, it would have been 226 million and some and some change a lot i don't want to burden you with all the numbers the the point being it's a lot i mean he was it was he was forgiven this incredible debt but in verse 25 it says but as he was not able to pay his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children, not just him, but his whole family, and everything that he had and the payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But the servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. So put that $226 against 15 bucks. And he laid hands on him, not in a good way, but around his throat, more than likely, and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, just like he just did, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not. But went and threw him into prison until he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. And the master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant. I forgave you all of that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly father also will do to you. If each of you from his own heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses or his wife or his husband or somebody in church or somebody who's offended you or somebody that you don't like because of something they said or did to somebody else. He says... He'll do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. I want you to listen to this really short video, and then we're gonna we're gonna pray. Amen? Go ahead and play that for me if you would.
1: It was some time ago that I was in Berlin and there came a man to me and said, Ah, Mr. Bohm, I am glad to see you. Don't you know me? And suddenly I saw that man that was one of the most cruel overseers, guards, in the in concentration camp. And that man said, I am now a Christian, I have found the Lord Jesus, I read my Bible and I know that there is forgiveness for all the sins of the whole world, also for my sins." Forgiveness for the cruelties I have done. But then I have asked God grace for an opportunity that I could ask one of my very victims forgiveness. And Freuland once in me forgiven. Will you forgive me? And I could not. When I was in the concentration camp, One of the most terrible things I had to go through was that they stripped us of all our clothing and we had to stand naked. The first time was the worst. I said, Betsy, I cannot bear this. And suddenly it was as if I saw Jesus at the cross. And the Bible tells took his garments, he hanged there naked, and I knew he hanged there for me, for my sins, and by my suffering, I understood a fraction of the suffering of Jesus Christ, and it made me so thankful that I could bear my suffering. remembered the suffering of my dying sister through him. But when I saw, when I experienced that I could not forgive, suddenly I knew I myself have no forgiveness. Do you know that Jesus has said that? When you do not forgive those who have sinned against you, my heavenly Father will not forgive you your sins. I oh, I'm not ready for Jesus' coming because I have no forgiveness for my sins. But I was not able, I could not, I could only hate him. And then I took one of these beautiful texts, one of these boundless resources, Romans 5.5. The love of God is shed abroad into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. That thank you, Jesus, that you have brought into my heart God's love through the Holy Spirit who is given to me, and thank you, Father, that your love is stronger than my hatred and unforgiveness. That same moment, I was free. And I could say, brother, give me your hand. And I shook hands with him. And it was as if I felt God's love stream through my arms. You never touch so the ocean of God's love as that you forgive your enemies. Can you forgive? No. I can't either.
0: But he can amen. Pretty good, isn't it? Would you bow your head for just a minute? There are some here tonight you don't know forgiveness through the blood of Jesus. You don't know what it is to be born again. Jesus did exactly that. He pardoned you. But it's on you to accept that pardon, to receive Jesus into your own heart. How do we do that? Who can absolve us of our sins? Not a man, but the King of Kings. Jesus has already paid the price. He says, come to me. Tonight, While our heads are bowed, I want to ask how many in this place? You say, you know, Pastor, I don't know him. I'm not saved. I'm not born again. I don't know that forgiveness, but I need him. Pray for me. How many would lift up your hands in this place all over? Would you just raise up your hand? You're not right with God. You're not ready to stand before him, but you need prayer. How many quickly? Just raise it up high. Amen. God bless you. I see some hands. Yes. There's are some others here you're holding unforgiveness. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because I know that there are probably many. There, there's someone, there's some situation that is a, a, a terrible thing in your mind and you've held on to this unforgiveness. But tonight I can tell you, you need to repent. You need to forgive. You need Jesus to help you in that situation. I want to just pray a prayer of salvation. And would you just pray this with me before we come and find a place to pray and move about this auditorium and get a hold of God would you just say this with me say Lord Jesus I ask for help I ask for forgiveness Lord wash me cleanse me take this sin from my life I surrender my heart and I ask you come into my life Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Walk with me and help me live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Would you stand? Let's all stand. For those that want to pray at your seat tonight, you, we're going to take the, the, the rest of this time to find a place to pray. You're welcome to, to pray at your seat or pray anywhere in these altars, but we're going to turn the remaining part of this service into a prayer meeting. Some here, you need, you need to forgive some people. Take it to the Lord. Take that burden to the Lord. Don't pick pick it back up. Don't put it back on your own shoulders. Leave it at the altars and leave that burden with him. Amen. Let's find a place to pray and let's begin to touch heaven. Let's get a hold of God this evening. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. If you like this message, subscribe to our podcast channel for more episodes. We would love it if you would rate it and share it with your friends. For more content from Victory World Outreach and to learn more about us or to support this ministry, go to VWONow.com.